Hello guys and welcome to Watson Champions League second leg quarterfinals with our friends Dani Fisiquela and Alvaro. Hello guys. Ciao. Hello Edu. Looking forward to watching these uh, four games. Remember to comment with us the video, to press the like and subscribe. And now let's try to find some money and some value in our tips. Let's go on with the show. I think it's fair to say that we had uh, three great football games in the quarterfinals. The other one was a bit boring, so the expectations are very high for this second leg. Uh, let's start with the games we have on Tuesday, Bayern Munich-Villarreal, because we didn't see that coming. We didn't see Villarreal taking advantage in this tie. 1-0 Alvaro and could have been worse for uh, Bayern Munich because Villarreal was great. They had many chances. One goal disallowed. Uh, even uh, Neuer out of the goal with Gerard Moreno trying to uh, score from the middle of the pitch. And we saw in, the, in this weekend a completely different Villarreal. Emery rested 11 players on mm -hmm. the squad. Are you optimistic with this Villarreal? The thing is that they are proving me wrong any time <laughs> that I am pessimistic with them because I thought that they were not going to win the Europa League final, even though for that one I thought that they had a chance. Uh, I thought that Chelsea was going to beat them comfortably in the European Super Cup. And I thought, 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 but Villarreal always proved me wrong. And then in the league, is uh, right the opposite. In the league, for example, uh, they are one of the most hit and miss uh, clubs in Spain right now. It is very difficult to read them. I think that Villarreal is a master on deactivating you. I think that uh, Spanish clubs in general, uh, they are proving in the Champions League that what they do know how to do, they do it very well. Uh, we know what Real Madrid is capable of doing. We know that Atletico knows how to defend and they defend very well. We know that Villarreal knows how to slow you down and they do that very well. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, a couple of characteristics that they know how to exert uh, to the best possible um, yeah, uh, extreme. And I think Villarreal against Bayern, uh, it was better than them. And what surprised me the most, probably, uh, in the first leg, is the fact that uh, Villarreal uh, was way better than Bayern. It was in a game in which you could say, yeah, Villarreal won, but they were a little bit lucky. Villarreal dominated the game. Villarreal had more chances. Villarreal occupied Bayern's half and they played football very well. And, um, you know, I think that we, we have to think that the lab, uh, Bayern was very lucky not to lose that game by two or three goals because um, Gerard Moreno hit the post. He was a uh, almost about to score from the halfway line. Then uh, Pedraza had a fantastic chance at the end of the game and I think that he was so knackered when he got into the box that he shot in any, you know, uh, he, he shot but uh, he didn't put any direction to it and I think that Villarreal should have won more comfortably. They let Bayern um, escape alive from El Madrigal and this may cost them. Look, uh, I think that Villarreal... Uh, they are capable of uh, playing a very good game, but Bayern too. And we saw, for example, against Salzburg that in the first leg, uh, Bayern uh, were um, below par, to at least uh, to their standards. But then in the second leg, they inflicted Salzburg a very he uh, heavy defeat. Um, I, we spoke about Bayern last week. I think that little by little they are recovering players. Goretzka is back. Uh, Neuer is back. Uh, now Alfonso Davis is back as well. And, um, you know, 
Lewandowski, Müller and the players up front are normally delivering in this kind of games. Uh, by the way, Bayern is about to win the Bundesliga. If this win, if this weekend they they win and Dortmund uh, loses at Wolfsburg, uh, Bayern will be virtually the champion. So it can be a good week for Bayern if they go through against Villarreal and then they win the Bundesliga on uh, in the weekend. Uh, for this game, look, I'm going to go for the following. I think that uh, I'm not going to go for the full time. Uh, this time, I think that uh, I think that I learned already with Villarreal that they are capable of doing the impossible. So I'm gonna go for an Asian handicap plus two for Villarreal. This doesn't this doesn't commit me to the full time result. Uh, that pays 173. I think that this is a very good money. So Bayern could beat Villarreal, but not heavily, and then you will win. Uh, I like Asian handicap corners minus 3.5 for Bayern. That pays 175. Very similar to Asian handicap plus two for Villarreal. And maybe under 1.5 goals in the first half. Uh, there is a good money in there. And I know that Unai Emery will look uh, to keep a clean sheet at least in the first 45 minutes. Uh, and that pays 175. So I chose three different odds that pay very similarly. And I think that they are quite reasonable. Asian handicap corners minus 3.5 for Bayern because they will attack more. Asian handicap plus two for Villarreal. And under 1.5 goals in the first half for uh, the game. Well, I think uh, Bayern are favourites despite playing a worse game that they did against Salzburg when they went to uh, El Madrigal, but uh, Villarreal are the masters of the upset, as Alvaro rightly said, and you know, they also upset Juventus in a similar fashion. Uh, they had a very good game in the first leg, and then in the second leg, they left the ball to Juventus waiting to pounce on the counter as he happened, as soon as they introduced Gerard Moreno, but Juventus were quite toothless up front. Are Bayern going to be uh, the same? Well, we don't know. By the way, let's say hi, first of all, to the people who watch us. John, Marco, Milly, uh, Salim, forget me if I forgot somebody. And let's say that uh, this uh, Bayern Munich uh, is far from uh, convincing this season. They are winning, uh, of course, the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga is a little bit becoming like the France League for uh, for PSG, but at the weekend they struggled. Uh, Bayern Munich they only beat one nil Augsburg in the first half. They didn't record a shot on target. Better in the second half with the introduction of uh, Musiala, with the introduction of uh, Niabri. And this is a little bit of a um, selection concern for uh, Nagelsmann. Will he start Goretzka? this time rather than Musiala as he did in the first leg. Maybe that was a little bit of a risk, the inexperienced but yet skillful young player. And also um, maybe it was a risk to starting Alfonso Davis in the first leg, returning from an injury after more than 100 days. But uh, Alfonso Davis, we know how threatful is our Bayern, how much better a Bayern when Alfonso Davis uh, plays. Just to give you a little example, when he plays, when Davis plays, they average 2.5 points uh, per game. When he doesn't play, 2.16. And normally they score more goals on average when he played 3.25 when he doesn't play 2.75 we're talking about uh, very high numbers any uh, way so let's see what kind of selection um, uh, Nagelsmann goes for uh, but obviously it is paramount for Bayern players that had a very bad game in the first leg Muller, Kimmich, Lewandowski, Nyabri, the same Neuer should have a much better game for me the key could also be Sane if he plays on the left, if he 
starts the game, uh, you know, in the Champions League, he's been really, really good so far this season, involved in 12 goals with six uh, goals and obviously uh, six assists. And then um, there is the experience factor. Uh, Bayern are in the 10th time they play the quarter quarterfinals in the last 11 season. This is only the third time in history for Villarreal to go this far in the uh, competition. Uh, let's see what happens. Obviously, Bayern doesn't want to repeat the elimination of last season when they went out in the quarterfinals against uh, PSG. Uh, the odds maybe are against Bayern because they were knocked out every single time they lost the, the first leg of the quarterfinals uh, in the Champions League. So five out of five. Um, Villarreal showed us in the Champions League they can nick a goal away from home. They did it in Bergamo. They did it in Manchester. They did it in Turin. But Bayern must start the game much better. For this reason, I see them qualifying. I see the German qualifying in a high-scoring game. And my tip will be both to score, 191. Mm -hmm. We have to look at the qualify market to qualify. Bayern Munich to qualify is 1.37. Villarreal to qualify is 3.6. Someone was saying here that Villarreal will park the bus. Uh, Rod King, of course, <laughs> I think. But be careful because uh, I think we saw uh, against Juventus, Alvaro, that is not only parking the bus as, as, as Atletico did in the Etihad. Villarreal counter-attack and they know that they have to score and against Juventus it's true that in the first half they didn't uh, attack that much but it's a team that uh, leave the cave eh, and, and try to hit you in the counter-attack. Yes, they do. Uh, to start with, they've got many players with uh, uh, fantastic te technique. I wouldn't say that uh, Villarreal has the best Spanish players, but they've got this uh, uh, second category Spanish players. Uh, many of them have played at least a game for the Spanish national team. I'm talking about Parejo. I'm talking about players like, for example, Albiol, Pau Torres, who is a regular starter for Luis Enrique. Um, I think that Gerard Moreno is the best Spanish striker. And uh, one thing that uh, is very it's very particular about Bayern and Villarreal right now, is that normally when teams get to this stage of the season, their squads are getting depleted little by little. Mm, it happened to Bayern last year, for example. They lost Lewandowski in March and in April. But I think at Villarreal, and uh, we saw it in the weekend because they rotated 11 players um, in comparison to the, to the game against Bayern, Villarreal and Bayern, they've got a very complete squad right now. I think that uh, they have recovered the players in the right time, uh, hopefully it won't be too late uh, for, um, you know, maybe one of them uh, because both they want to qualify. But I, what I do believe here is that Villarreal has been capable of imposing their style over very good sides in Europe. And I want to see if they can do it in the Allianz Arena because this is for me the ultimate challenge. If you can impose your style in Bayern's ground, well, then you deserve you deserve glory. And uh, I think that Unai Emery has done it so many times that uh, I have no reason to discard him at all. I'm very curious. Yeah, the pressure is on Bayern Munich for sure. Marco thinks uh, Villarreal is going to qualify. They are going to shock the wall. I think at this point we shouldn't rule them out at all. Uh, let's see if we see a similar game as this Juventus Villarreal or uh, that Bayern Munich Salzburg that Bayern was a hurricane and in the first half uh, was uh, completely over but I think this Villarreal they are used to competing higher standards and against uh, better teams like in La Liga 
So I'm sure they will compete. This is the first uh, quarterfinals. Uh, the surprise might be in the Allianz. Also on Tuesday, we have Real Madrid-Chelsea. Remember, 3-1 in the first leg at the end of the game. Tuchel said that they have no options uh, in Madrid, especially if they played like they played against Brentford or against Real Madrid. But Danny, they bounced back in the weekend in St. Mary's against uh, Southampton and I wouldn't rule them out at all. They had many chances in the first leg. It's true that they, they miss a lot in defense and in attack, but they have a lot of quality. Um, and I still think that it's possible if they take the lead to surprise Real Madrid. I remember that Real Madrid-Juventus, for instance, uh, three, four years ago when Real Madrid won 0-3 with that bicycle kick and then they struggle against Chelsea. Do you think this is a finish or Chelsea have some options? They have some slender option, I would say. Just to give you uh, some stats to understand the magnitude of the job in hand for uh, Chelsea. Only one team of the previous 43, 43 teams in the history of the Champions League managed to overturn a two-plus goal deficit at home in the second leg. So only once in 43 occasions. You know which team it was, by the way? It was fairly recent. Losing at home by more than two goals and then qualifying for the next round. Do you know? I don't know. Good question. Losing at home for more than... Fairly recent. It is fairly recent. And, you know, it changed the, it changed the dynamics of that club. Okay, let's leave it for the end. You think about it. And <laughs> before I give my tip, I'll tell you what it is. So anyway, it is very difficult. And by the way, yes, uh, this Chelsea side, it is capable of winning away. Last year, they won to nil at Porto. They won one nil at Atletico. Uh, this season, of course, they won uh, six nil at the weekend at Southampton. They won three one at Villa. They won three nil at Spurs, three nil at Leicester. So they are capable of go on the road and win. But in the Champions League, is a little bit more difficult, of course. Only once they scored more than two goals away in the history of the Champions League, Chelsea. And that was in 2008-2009 when they won 3-1 at Liverpool. Last year, Chelsea built their success on defensive uh, solidity. They weren't uh, conceding many goals. Actually, they only conceded three goals last year in the all three UCL knockout stages. They conceded three at Stamford uh, Bridge and um, Real Madrid, they made them look like very average in defense with a quick counter-attack, with a good combination one-two between Vinicius and Benzema, some sloppiness at the back from Rudiger, from Mandi first mistake that probably he has ever made in a Chelsea shirt but obviously very, very costly but let's not forget Chelsea a third in the league uh, they are uh, the third side in um, in English, uh, in, in English football so far this season to score more than 100 goals. Of course, you know which the other two sides are. So, you know, it is a team that has been scoring more goals than last season, perhaps not as consistently as they would have liked with the introduction of Lukaku in uh, the summer. Um, look, um, the thing is with Chelsea, we know they can score. We know they can create chances and Courtois made some fantastic saves at Stamford Bridge. You just have to defend uh, better and you have to be uh, more uh, more switched on. Maybe you can excuse Chelsea with everything that went on off the pitch 
to have some off games. They lost against Brentford as well and against Chelsea. Let's see, as against Real Madrid, let's see if they bounce uh, back. Uh, I would expect Lukaku to be more involved in this one. Uh, Chelsea might need a stronger uh, presence. But again, just to strengthen how dangerous this Chelsea side could be. Since Tuchel took charge of Chelsea in January uh, 2021, only one team have collected more uh, points, more wins away than Chelsea in the Premier League. That's Manchester City's 21 wins. Chelsea at the weekend recorded the 17 win away wins in 25 uh, games. So, you know, uh, it is obviously in their remit. Uh, okay, before giving my tip, so we said only one well, team no, I in think. Fort- you know, go on, give me the answer. Could be Man United, PSG. That's correct. It's Manchester mm. United in 2018, 2019, lost uh, the home two. leg to 3-1 to PSG, 2-1. Anyway, 2-0, 2-0. 2-0 and 1-3, no? In the and 1-3-1 one with a last-minute uh, last minute uh, goal from Marcus Rashford from the penalty. Obviously, uh, Solskjaer then stayed on. The rest is history. Uh, look, I got it wrong in the first leg. I thought it was going to be a cagey game, but Madrid made look Chelsea defence average. So I'm going to go for a high, high-scoring game in this case. And you can place your bet individually or combined into a mini-ACA, like I would suggest you, over 2.5 goals. So obviously, high-scoring game both to score. Chelsea need to go uh, for it. We saw Real Madrid at home, capable of scoring even in the most difficult situation, even against PSG. 3.36 if you combine this mini-hacker for the Bernabeu game. By the way, first time Chelsea plays at the Bernabeu in their history, because last season they played at the Alfredo Di Stefano. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I guess we should expect goals because we saw a very open game in the first leg with both teams having many chances. I don't know. Also, Alvaro Militao will be out of the game because he's he suspended. Suspended, exactly. So hmm. that's an important absence eh? absentee for Real Madrid. What do you expect in this uh, Real Madrid-Chelsea? Of course it is important because Elder Militao and Alaba are the best uh, centre-back duo that Real Madrid can present. Um, Nacho will play alongside Alaba. We know uh, that Nacho and Alaba, they are not particularly tall. Uh, maybe they struggle if a physical, um, positive player like Romelu Lukaku plays. But uh, that is, I think, that uh, a speculation at the end of the day because Romelu Lukaku is not starting a lot of games for Chelsea anyway. Um, I think the first leg was... Uh, a display of efficiency by Real Madrid because they didn't have many chances. I would disagree there. I think that Benzema scored all the chances he, he got, but one uh, that he missed with the left foot, and that was probably the easiest of all. Uh, but I think Real Madrid was better than Chelsea. Chelsea wasn't that bad, especially in the second half. I did like what Chelsea did, um, but uh, Benzema was so prolific and so effective that he killed the game himself. But I will say that uh, overall, um, the game wasn't ridiculously bad um, from the Chelsea perspective. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, more or less we can all agree on that. But then Vinicius and Benzema managed to kill Chelsea. And uh, if I have to blame somebody for what happened at Stamford Bridge, it's Thomas Tuchel. Because I don't understand why they don't. He didn't play with a with a wing back like Marcos Alonso, and he played with a Pilicueta over there. Why do you want to? Um, why do you want to shut down? the right channel of Real Madrid, if Real Madrid's danger is coming from the left channel with Vinicius. I just think that it was absolutely pointless. He got it wrong. And uh, sometimes we say that the manager won the tactical battle to another one, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think that we, 
we get to those conclusions based on the scoreline, uh, but this time I think that we are right. I think that we are right. I think that Thomas Tuchel got it wrong in that game. Um, Real Madrid is a team that if uh, they don't play with Mendy and they don't play with Fede Valverde, physically they are very, um, very weak. I think that Fede Valverde uh, is the kind of player that if he plays for Real Madrid in these high-profile games against English or German clubs, clubs with a lot of a heavy rhythm, um, Fede Valverde runs a lot. Fede Valverde is offering something that some other players cannot offer. And when Fede Valverde plays, Luka Modric and Toni Kroos look like better players. And same thing applies to the left uh, flank with, with, uh, with Mendy. I think that he is so physical uh, without uh, showing it. But I think that he, he gets to the ball so easily. He is always stronger in the challenges. That uh, he helps Real Madrid a lot against teams with a lot of physicality as well. So I think that these two have to play for Real Madrid. It's mandatory. The 4-3-3 is a no-go place for Carlo Ancelotti in this game. They will be a little bit stupid. And when it comes to Chelsea, well, in the weekend they licked their boots a little bit and they managed to... Um, they managed to to score six goals against Southampton. I think that they were very uh, very helped by the fact that when Southampton crumbles, they crumble very badly. They scored nine or they considered nine against Leicester last season or two seasons ago. Uh, they considered six goals this time against Chelsea. I think that it was a scoring feast for Chelsea, but they will find something very difficult, uh, different at Santiago Bernabéu. Uh, I think Real Madrid uh, will qualify this time. I really think so. Uh, of course, Chelsea, I'm sure that they will have uh, some moments in the game in which they will believe genuinely that they can go through, but I think that Real Madrid will go through anyway. Uh, my bet for this game will be both teams to score, 172. I'm going to stay there because I think that the value for Real Madrid qualifying is not particularly great. I'm not ready to back Chelsea qualifying either. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it at all. So both teams to score, 172, that's a very good one. Marco is telling us draw with both teams to score, Real Madrid to win for uh, Salim. Well, the odds tell us that Real Madrid to qualify is 1.1, Chelsea to qualify 12. If we go for the full-time market, actually we have very good value on Real Madrid. I guess he's the favourite. Uh, Modric and Cross they rested in the weekend, so for sure they will play alongside uh, Fede Valverde and Casemiro for sure because the midfield is really strengthened with Ancelotti. Many times we criticize him, uh, Alvaro, but he got it right against Tuchel, and Tuchel yeah. had to rectify in the middle of the game. This is uh, Real Madrid-Chelsea, the champion in problems. Uh, and on Wednesday, we have Atletico de Madrid-Manchester City. Manchester City, the biggest favorite to win the competition. I guess we are going to see a completely different story or not as in the first leg. Simeone heavily criticized for his tactics. Atletico de Madrid lost at the weekend against Mallorca. It's been three games without attacking for Atletico de Madrid. Álvaro, I was remembering... Before this game, uh, how Atletico de Madrid changed his tactics against Bayern Munich of Barcelona when uh, Pep Guardiola was the manager and the first leg or the first minutes in uh, playing at home, they attacked like crazy. They got one or two goals and then they shut it down again. Perhaps they do exactly the same, uh, help with the supporters. They are going to attack like crazy in the first 15, 20 minutes and then sit back again and try to counter, I guess, in this case. 
If Atletico attacks, uh, that is not going to last long. I'm pretty sure about that. I'm pretty sure about that. That is, uh, that is what I think, really. Um, Simeone has been in Spain for 10 years, and uh, normally uh, his teams are, uh, try to calculate every, every possible gain and loss. And uh, sometimes this is a blessing for Atletico de Madrid, and sometimes this is a curse. Um, this is the kind of a scenario that Simeone doesn't dislike a, a lot either. I think no. losing the first game 1-0 and uh, just having to scrap one goal here and there uh, will um, give him a reason to be conservative again. I think that uh, maybe they, they have a 20 minutes spell in which they go for it, but uh, always cautiously. I think that um, they are not going to go crazy at all. Uh, they had uh, different games in the weekend, that's for sure, because Manchester City played a beautiful game against uh, Liverpool. Uh, they deserve to win it, by the way. At least uh, this is my opinion. Uh, they missed many chances. And uh, Atletico Madrid was awful against Mallorca. They lost 1-0. Oh. Um, I watched part of the game uh, and uh, some Atletico de Madrid reporters were uh, reporting uh, that uh, Atletico's game against Mallorca is one of the most unacceptable performances of this team um, under Simeone. Um, I think that uh, Yannick Carrasco will finally be back for this game uh, because he served a three-game ban after what happened in Porto. Uh, Yannick Carrasco is going to be important for Atletico de Madrid. I always say that the ball carriers against Manchester City are very important uh, because if you are going to sit back and defend, uh, when you get the ball and to try to launch the counter-attack, you need to have even uh, either a player who is a great passer just to send long through balls or you should have a ball carrier like Marcos Llorente, Gianni Carrasco, players that on their own they can um, progress 40, 50 yards and uh, you know create something out of it. So I think that this is going to be very important for Atletico de Madrid, the capability of carrying the ball uh, by an individual. Um, Atletico uh, in the Champions League at home this season hasn't been good at home. All their wins in the Champions League have been away. This is something that we have to take into account uh, and they have already played away. So, you know, I think that for this game, again, I find it difficult to commit. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to go for uh, a, var a variety of markets, but I'm going to ignore a little bit the full-time result and who is going to qualify here. So I could go for under 2.5 goals. That pays 184. Atletico being defensive again, but when they attack, they attack carefully. Or maybe an Asian handicap of plus 0 0.75 for Atletico de Madrid. I like that one a lot as well, meaning that if they win, you win. If they draw, you win. And if they lose by one, you get half a lose. But let's not forget that Manchester City is in a good moment. Manchester City is attacking a lot. And uh, Manchester, Manchester City in the weekend, I think that they had a great performance against Liverpool that was probably invigorating for them. Look, I think uh, the only issue with Manchester City and maybe with Liverpool when they play Benfica, it will be they will be tired. It will be They will be mentally tired, physically tired, because a game like the one we saw at the 80th, it's uh, it's like playing almost two games, if you like. It's so it's so energy consuming and it's so uh, charged with emotion before and after. That yes, there could be there could be an issue maybe starting the games well for City and uh, Liverpool. But uh, you know, City against Atletico, they showed a, a very important quality for any top team which is patience be patient knowing that the opening will come knowing that the chance will come and then the changes change the game you know when Guardiola put on uh, Foden that really completely uh, changed the game and opened much more spaces and then he decided to play with Foden against Liverpool but 
Guardiola so far has been the master of rotation. No one expecting to play with Jesus at the weekend. He did. Jesus had a good game, left Grealish on the bench. Let's see who starts for uh, City in uh, this one. By the way, they get Walker back in the Champions League because he's been suspended for three games. So it is a stronger team that goes into this game at the Wanda Metropolitano. They didn't face many shots on target. I think only uh, three shots on target in the last three games in the Champions League. And yes, uh, of course, Atletico were absolutely uh, passive, especially in the first game. But the criticism are not going to affect Simeone. Simeone, it's uh, got almost, uh, you know, uh, a cover, a blanket against this criticism. So he's not going to be affected by that and he's going to still play the game. But I believe the players will want to show that they can hurt Man City more than what they did in the first leg. So, you know, uh, it is a result that leaves the qualification uh, slightly open. But if I see Manchester City players, especially players like De Bruyne, they've really hit form uh, now um, in the Champions League. They rose again to the occasions involved in 11 goals in the last uh, 12 knockout Champions League games. De Bruyne and others as well uh, doing, doing really well. Uh, look at the performance that Cancelo had against Liverpool. Fantastic player as well. And the rest of the Man City. And Rodri. Uh, and Rodri, of course, Rodri. hitting the long passes, yeah. you know. It is. It, it, I mean, Guardiola had 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 the tactics spot on. Uh, Liverpool was attacking uh, line, high line, exposing some spaces behind with the with the fullbacks. Rodri hitting the long passes and finding Cancelo and finding Jesus. So you know, it's not it's not just a, a pass, pass, pass. It's the variation of Manchester City attack that makes them. Probably the best team in the world at the moment, followed by Liverpool. Anyway, uh, Manchester City will have chances. Atletico will try to attack a little bit more. Uh, Manchester City, with patience, will obviously... I think they will qualify. Well, not obviously, but I think they will qualify. I can see a different game this way. I'm going to see, I think, a more of an open game with more goals. I disagree with Alvaro. I think they're going to be over 2.5 goals, which pays 2 to also, Guardiola eh, was very cautious in the first leg. Uh, he didn't want any risk in his defense. Um, and of course, no, we are in Easter, so Jesus, oh Jesus, <laughs> he needs to be in the pitch. That's his time. That's, <laughs> that's when he comes alive. He's coming yeah, back. To put uh, Gabriel Jesus yeah. in the pitch. Uh, well, Atletico to qualify, odds are around 10. Eh? So if you want to put some money on Atletico in Madrid, I think they will start at least attacking as Atletico did uh, some years ago, I remember, against Bayern or Barcelona. And then who knows if they are able to score first. They are in the tie, but perhaps it's not that straightforward this one for Manchester City. And the last one, this has, uh, I think, the less interest of all because it's Liverpool-Benfica. Uh, we said in the first leg that uh, Liverpool was probably as well. One of the best teams in Europe, the best or the second best, and they practically got the tie with the 1-3 in Duluth. Uh, is uh, over, I would say. Luis Diaz rested at least at the Etihad. Uh, he was the hero. In uh, Portugal, Dani, uh, in terms of betting, I'm not sure actually if it's a good idea to bet in this game. Perhaps, perhaps, as we saw in that Liverpool Inter, is not a bad idea 
in this case, going for Benfica, maybe a draw or maybe Asian handicap, because as you said before, Liverpool will be very tired after these uh, two games and the tie is almost over. Liverpool hasn't got that great incentive to attack as they did against Inter, carrying a two-goal uh, lead and win the tie pretty much wrapped up. Obviously, the, the fear for Liverpool is that Benfica scores early and then with 10 minutes to go, they're only 1-0 and they could go into an extra time with another goal. But uh, Liverpool at home are reliable. They only lost one game at Anfield in the last 30 against Inter and that was in influence for their qualification, 22 wins, 8 uh, draws uh, against uh, Man City, maybe a little bit nervous initially when they started the game, they weren't quite there, but then they managed to go back into the game, scored two very good goals, had some good chances in the uh, second half as well in the end they will be very happy with the draw at the Etihad because he keeps them in the title race and and it means that if Manchester City slips, then they could uh, overcome them even in the last game of uh, the season. But when it comes to Champions League, Liverpool are masters of uh, managing these sort of games. You know, they win, they qualify 12 times out of 13 uh, knockout ties when they won uh, the first leg. Uh, so, you know, this is obviously full in their remit. 70 wins for the last uh, 19 games for uh, Liverpool. That's why they recovered so many points on Manchester City. In January they were minus 14. Now only minus one with seven games to go. And this is a team that uh, has improved in many departments. So let's start, for example, with the midfield. Fabinho has been so consistent uh, this uh, season. He's been fit and obviously having him playing week in and week out is so important for the balance of the team. Thiago Alcantara, when he plays and he's in good form, he's the player that they missed last season. And also, you know, remember last season, Liverpool finished 17 points behind Manchester City in the Premier League. Now they are only one point behind. And this is mainly down to two things. First of all, they didn't have all the injuries that they had last season. Last season, they were completely without the central defenders for many, many months, including, of course, Van Dijk. But also this season, somehow, Liverpool are attacking even more. Uh, they are taking more shots uh, this season than in the previous six seasons under uh, Jurgen Klopp. Uh, actually, I read some stats before the game at the Etihad. They had 30% more shots than uh, last season. So the obviously high numbers for a team that has been strengthened, of course, with the arrival of Luis Diaz, but also is not just the front three defined uh, the goals, or maybe let's call them the front five, because don't forget Firmino, Luis Diaz, of course. 20 different goal scorers so far this season with the Konate opening the scoring al Stadio Dalus. But um, Benfica is a team that has showed us that when they travel, they can score. Uh, they did, for example, against uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, away from home. They also score at home against uh, Barcelona. So it is not a team that's going to be shy of attacking at Anfield. And for this reason, if you have to find some betting value, I'm not going to bet against I wouldn't bet against Liverpool because of the great home record. I'm going to go for a both to score, which doesn't pay amazingly well, uh, but maybe good enough. One idea. Mm, Darwin Núñez scored three at the weekend. Yes. He's the major threat for this Benfica. Um, do you also think, Álvaro, that perhaps 
Liverpool are a bit relaxed and we can bet on Benfica or not really one victory away in this Champions League was the lucky one, let's say, against Ajax. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> and I believe that uh, Liverpool never slacks off. Uh, this is a characteristic of this team. Uh, they take every game very seriously. And if Jurgen Klopp rotates, I'm sure that there will be a number of players eager to prove the manager that uh, he can trust on them for the remainder of the season. Um, I would say that Liverpool has now probably the best squad in England. I know that this sounds a little bit like countercultural to say, because uh, we've been saying for years that Manchester City and Chelsea were um, the best squads in the country. But Liverpool has been very clever with the signings lately. And um, the fact that they got uh, Luis Diaz and Diogo Jota and Minamino and Thiago to a squad that was working already very well and to a squad that uh, hasn't lost any significant player lately, um, that makes them, for me, the best squad in the country. Uh, I don't know. I think that um, they've got pretty much one player in every position and every player they've got in the team is international. Uh, it's either in senior categories or in uh, under-21 or under-20 categories. I'm talking about Curtis Jones, I'm talking about uh, Harvey Elliott. It is a very impressive squad. So I think that even if Jurgen Klopp rotates for this game, they're going to, they're going to show uh, competitiveness. And uh, Benfica, I don't dislike them at all. I think that Benfica has been really good this season. To start with, they went through in a group with Barcelona, uh, Dinamo Kiev, Bayern, and themselves, which is already quite something. Um, then against Ajax, I think Ajax deserved better. Didn't happen because uh, Benfica managed to stay in the game. And so far, they've been uh, decent in the Champions League, competitive, I would say. But I think that this is their last game in the in the competition. It's true that Darwin Núñez is having a great season. He will be the main attacking threat um, from Benfica to Liverpool. Uh, but this is not enough. Uh, Darwin Núñez scored the hat-trick in the weekend, by the way. And he's got a 150 million release close. I don't see any team paying that money, but I am sure that if uh, Darwin Núñez leads Benfica this summer, it's going to be for a decent amount, maybe 60, 65 million or more. By the way, 20% of that will go to Almería, so I'm sure that the, the Spanish club are really wishing Darwin Núñez to leave Benfica this summer. Um, Bertongen in the weekend rested uh, due to suspension, so this is good news for Benfica. Obviously, the team is not going to win the Portuguese League this year. In fact, this weekend, I think that they could lose the title mathematically already, and we're still in mid-April. But, uh, you know, I think that Benfica has had a good Champions League, but this is the end of the trip for them. I think that Liverpool is enjoying a good moment. I think that uh, Liverpool... Uh, benefited immensely from having Virgil van Dijk back this season. I think that he is the player of the year because without van Dijk, Liverpool got like 17-20 points less than they are having this season and I put it all down to Virgil van Dijk. Uh, I found it amazing the other day against Manchester City how he stopped Raheem Sterling in the box. The self-sufficient um, uh, the self-sufficient approach that uh, Virgil van Dijk has in the game uh, makes them or makes him an unplayable uh, footballer, a defender that you cannot dribble. And yes, I think that he's been the player of the season so far. So I think that Liverpool is going to go through, of course. And I think that Liverpool is going to win this game because normally they don't slack off. So I'm going to go for an Asian handicap minus 1.5 for Liverpool. Uh, that pays 180 meaning that if they win by two, you win. If they win by one, you lose. So they have to win by two uh, to get this right. And Liverpool to win the first half. Uh, they've been doing it a lot in the Champions League. That pays 175. Mm, difficult to find good odds if we are back in Liverpool. Lyle is asking us for Liverpool halftime full-time. Right now it's 1.87. It's a good one. Yeah, it doesn't mm. pay 
a lot, a lot, but it's a good one. Or Marco is more adventurous, Benfica draw not bad. And here we have <laughs> way better Oof. odds. If you are back in Benfica, perhaps maybe in the second half a draw or something like this. A draw no bet in the second half when um, the tie is over and uh, Liverpool are relaxed. Why not? Actually, and you will find good odds for sure. Yeah. Well, great four games we have this uh, week. Again, guys, let's try to nail your ACA. Last uh, week, of course, the, especially the Bayern Munich one, <laughs> kill our ACAs. But let's go with this one. Alvaro, starting with you. Yeah, of course. Asian Handicap, sorry. Asian Handicap Corners minus three for Bayern. Real Madrid, Chelsea, both teams to score. By the way, Romelu Lukaku will not be involved in the game. This is uh, last news uh, because he's got a problem in, in his Achilles. Um, under 2.75 goals in Atletico Manchester City. An Asian handicap minus 1.5 for Liverpool. Altogether, that pays 8. I'm more relaxed without Lukaku, even if uh, Kay Havertz was brilliant. Eh? Against Real Madrid, Dani, Yoraka? Mayaka is a Bayern Villarreal over 1.25 goals in the first half. Uh, double chance between Real Madrid and Chelsea. Either win for the home side or win for the Champions of Europe. Atletico Madrid, Man City, both to score. Come on, Simone. Uh, shot, have a shot on goal at least. Liverpool, <laughs> Benfica over 2.5 goals. Total 7, 18. Yes, Atletico to score is kind of risky <laughs> given the circumstances, but I guess at one point they will attack or not. Let's see. Thank you, Dani. Thank you, Álvaro. Thank you, everyone, also for following with us. The Champions League is getting closer to the final in Paris. Let's try to enjoy this game and remember also to support us if, we, if you like the videos. Press the like and subscribe. See you soon. Bye-bye. Ciao, guys. Bye.